Okay, uh, we are live. Yes, here we are. I'm alive. I'm I'm way alive as far as I know. Welcome everybody. Of course, a different kind of look here. We, we got a, a guy missing right now, and you know, best of luck, of course, to Mr. C. Uh, wherever he may be, yes, of course. Um, but here I am, of course, with the man, the myth, the guitar god himself, Mr. Chris Kennedy from Fate Destroyed. Sir, how are you doing today? Don't call yourself a gamer if you don't come home from Dave and Buster's with swag. So, you know, <laughs> looking for that sponsorship. Exactly. I still have my, my little card. I have to uh, fill that up again. Let's see. Yes, sir. Uh, championship on the line. Hey, what's up, guys? Good to see you guys. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, and of course, I am Mr. Mike Lopez, uh, the most violent podcaster, um, the king of sting, the, 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 the reflection of perfection, the, the Count of Monte Cristo, all that, all of the above. <laughs> I just read the entire Wikipedia on that because I didn't want to read the book. <laughs> nice. Um, but yes, so here we go. Let's get started with some AEW. Come on. what? Tell me, please, what did you think about Dynamite? Uh, things that are unraveling, the, the webs of everything going on. Uh, you know, it, it, the plot thickens. Um, I'd have to ask you which plot thickened a little bit more for this particular mm -hmm. dynamite. Cause this was a passing episode. I think it's coming off the heels of revolution. We already had the results of that falling out. Um, and this was a little bit of a lull in storyline progress for me. Okay. There were a few storylines that were teased, very subtle. Um, I don't know if we're going to jump ahead. We just kind of go around, but the Julia Hart thing had some movement to it where, she might be leaving the 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 Hollywood Blondes, I believe is what they're called. Yes. And then Brian Fleming Jr., where, um, you know, she has the iPad. No, Varsity. Varsity, Varsity Blondes. Blondes. Well, Hollywood Blondes was Brian Fleming Sr. with, with Steve yeah. Austin. So there is a homage there. Um, but she, you know, got the, the poison mist to the eye from Malachi Black and mm -hmm. has the eye patch. And she was sitting in the corner pouting during the match, not paying attention, not really caring if they won or lost. Um I definitely think she's going to the House of Black. That would be pretty cool. Maybe do like an Alexa Bliss character. Um, I mean, I hate that I had to say that, but that kind of seems like where they're going with that, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. I told my girlfriend, I, yeah, this is her, her demeanor is very Alexa Bliss like. And she was just sitting there. And, and honestly, I thought that she was going to get up during William Regal's promo or do, during that, you know, thing going on. And she was going to try to join them. Uh, but I don't I, think the I internet. That I thought that would be pretty cool too. So we have, I mean, pun intended, not to be sexist because she does have the cheerleader <laughs> gimmick. She would yeah. be the cheerleader, right? Right. But see, but I don't know how people would react to her getting slapped by William Regal on TV. You know, I don't. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. No. ABC. She would stop the slap and hit him. That would. That would. Ah. That would turn it over the moon. That would be damn. Plus, she's. Um, I don't think she's officially like a heart from the heart family, but she does have the heart mm -hmm. name. So there's a little bit of that, you know, like the, the Andersons, like CW Anderson, all, um, um, the guy from the good brothers. Um, they're not technically Andersons, but it's a name that they've earned and passed down to them. So maybe they yeah. can run with 
that a little bit because, you know, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson is a huge hard family fan. And, you know, so that is the most movement of storyline that I had seen. Um, I have, you know, obviously the results pulled up. There was other things that happened, but that was the one where it's like turning the page on something. Everything else kind of just was on the page, but this was actually a flip of the page for me. I guess, yeah, I guess I, I guess I was a, a bit generous in the description of Dynamite overall, but I feel like I'm, I'm more intrigued in the Wardlow MJF story more so than I was last week. Uh, yeah, right. I, you know, and I guess those segments of having security guards and, uh, you know, separation and stuff, I guess it, it does what it needs to. It, it kind of makes me want to finally see those two go at it, right? Uh, so it, I guess that served its purpose, uh, but to say that it, it really moved the storyline, yeah, I guess you're right in that regard. Uh, but f- what? How did you take that segment? Well, the context of that is I really like, and this will make sense once I tie it together to the max segment. I like that you start with a match on Dynamite. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. we know that Raw traditionally starts for the past thirty years. Somebody comes out, they give a 20-minute speech, sets up the night, and then the first match is usually like a really short two-minute, somebody jobs out to somebody, and then, you know, you go on to the rest of the show. Dynamite always starts with premier wrestlers giving a six- to seven-minute, what I call three-star TV match, four-star TV match. It's not the yeah. same scale I use for pay-per-views, but obviously these matches have no right being this good on free TV, or I guess cable for some of you out there. Um so seeing Dax Harwood in a singles match, holding his own against CM Punk in a match that told a story. What's up, Matthew? He's it. He's here. Let him in. Your volume is so low. Mm-hmm. That's Uh-oh. even worse. Now you're muted. <laughs> nope. No. No. Yeah. Uh. There we go. Perfect. There it is. I guess the I guess the other link wasn't working. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that- that one got um, fixed, but I'm here. Cool. He's so what here. I'm saying about how quickly we get to quality wrestling at the beginning of Dynamite, we don't get a whole lot of segments. We don't get a lot mm. of character angles. But when we do, they matter. And we reserve them for people that can say the most with those segments. They're not just on the mic bullshitting or um, awkward or we don't care. Like, it's almost always – with the inclusion now of Regal, who's now, you know, doing some speeches, but it's almost always MJF and it's almost always Britt Baker who get those longer non-wrestling mic time segments, which I love. It's the yeah. quality of those segments, not the quantity. Um, so I like the length of that. It wasn't too long. We obviously knew that, fuck, MJF was going to be savage, but he was going, oh man, going after his mom calling him War Pig, which is not that bad of a name. That's really not that insult. Um, it's not the same as Piggy James, which was clearly fat shaming. So, um, But obviously, Wardlow came out, handled business with security, MJF took off, classic heel versus face scenario. Um, and as far as I can remember, the only like segment of the night, and it spoke so much about where that angle is going to go because I'm almost going to backtrack on Wardlow's in on this <laughs> and he's rolling that switch. I think what's going to happen, obviously, is we've never seen the Instagram photo of Wardlow is all elite. 
he's always been under the MJF banner. So I think that MJF said, I'm going to pay you to stay home next week or within the next couple of weeks. Wardlow's going to have that AEW contract saying, you don't get to tell me what to do anymore. And then that's going to really ramp up the, uh, the feud. Yeah, I think that it's kind of building up to something like that. And, you know, like you say, this was, I guess, a transitional kind of episode. And so for you, Matt, how how was this episode of Dynamite for you? Did you feel that there was a lot of movement storyline-wise, or was it just kind of a passerby? I wouldn't say it's a passerby. It's definitely not one of the better episodes overall. But one of the things that uh, it, it does help us get to the point to where we need to be you know that's one of the main things like you know Wardlow he's they're building him up as that big baby face I kind of like what Chris was saying it's like um it's it's kind of like uh like an emancipation in a way you know hmm. the what the emancipation of Mimi the emancipation of Wardlow <laughs> you know a little bit of that instead yeah I mean I've been calling this the million dollar uh, man Virgil gimmick it's literally just copied and pasted um, I don't know who hasn't seen that angle from the early 90s in the next generation but it was Virgil who became Vincent eventually was the butler to million dollar man and he paid him with hundreds to just do whatever he wanted to and then eventually the angle became Vin Virgil was sick of it and he couldn't do anything about it and then he finally got fed up. And then they had a feud where it was Virgil versus Million Dollar Man. This is the same thing. This is so, Chris, you're saying that's like the OG version version of like Shawn Michaels and Diesel. And then you have Batista and the and Evolution. And now, you know, to bring Seth Ward. Sort of, I don't remember. I mean, I don't, I don't think Diesel was really like, he may have been like a henchman, but he wasn't like, I, I guess Wardlow is more of a henchman. Yeah. But the Virgil thing was definitely like, borderline racist i don't want to overstep <laughs> my bounds on opinion but it definitely had those vibes um it was a different it, time though i don't think there's a time where racism was okay <laughs> well i mean it, it, it wasn't but i feel like <laughs> things were a little bit more allowed i guess you could say or things weren't uh yeah i mean you know... considering that pro wrestling didn't have many angles or stories or gimmicks before Vince came around. Yeah. Everything Vince was doing in the early nineties was very, very much the first of kind. Um, but the parallels of this are just like, yeah, the henchman's kind of sick of being told what to do. And now he's lashing out against the prick bad guy. And yeah. how long this story law, this storyline takes. I mean, MJF is always in a long program. The Jericho thing took a long time. The CM Punk thing took a long time. It's good to see that CM Punk may have sort of moved on a little bit from the angle. Um, I definitely think AEW is pretty good at not overstaying its welcome story. Just when you think it's gone on too long, you're like, oh, man, I can't take one more week of this. It's over. You're like, oh, thank God. So I'm cool with that. Um, I can't not only wait to see what CM Punk's next year is going to be, but I, um, the Wordlow thing, like, I, I, I don't know where it's going to go. It's him versus still four people. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. I don't think I don't know if he's going to enlist other people. Did you get a legal thing? That would be kind of cool. Did you get a sense that MJF kind of teased an, another member to take his place? 
if there was like a line or something, I didn't pick up on it. No. So if you said something like, "Oh, I've got backup" or some subtlety, I did not mm-hmm. pick up on okay. it. Okay. He, he did. It's something somewhere. I I not it exactly, felt that way. But it's just it's just like just like oh, because we lost somebody doesn't mean we can't be at the top or whatever, you know. Right. Because they lost Tilly Blanchard too, which obviously I think is just due to the touring schedule they're about to intake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I or. The theory of Bret Hart being the new guy uh, for FTR, because like like the a lot of the Bret Hart stuff was in that opening match with the sharpshooter and the, you know, the Bret Hart shoes and both CM Punk and and Dax being huge Bret Hart fans alone. So that's that's probably a teaser for Bret Hart's debut. But in addition to that, that, mean, that uh, like in ring debut or manager, <laughs> here's okay. hoping. I was like. I mean, I'll get, I'll, get in, I'll get into the Sting thing after this, but yeah, yeah. I don't think Bret Hart's touching that, touch, touching ropes again. Because we got, I mean, we do have Stone Cold and Sting, but I mean, heart problems are heart problems, you know. So pun intended, yes. Yeah, yeah, heart pro- heart problems. But um, I I think this would also be a good, I guess, opportunity for Holiday or Hammerstone to also make a debut in there because, oh, yeah. yeah, MJF's old old uh, accomplices, you know. You know, I guess his girlfriend from MLW too, because he has a whole his MLW stable is kind of like missing their people. Hammerstone and Wardlow would be pretty cool. That would definitely be bringing in the tank to to fight another tank for sure. Hmm. For those that so, oh yeah, that's good. No, I kind of you kind of briefly touched upon CM Punk. Who would you guys like to see him feud against next, Chris? I'm definitely trying to think. Um, Andrade would be kind of cool. That would be a very good match. They'd have mm-hmm. to obviously tie that storyline together somehow. Um, yeah, I, I I like that he's kind of just going up and down the roster a little bit. I mean, obviously, he's keeping it within the pinnacle as far as this week he took on Dax. Next week, he might take on the other guy with the mullet. Um, <laughs> that might be the thing. Um, I, I I don't know. There's no official, like... I want that guy like he did with, um, you know, with MJF. So I feel like maybe even Malachi. I don't know what Malachi Black is doing right now. Right. Um, they're in there with, uh, with, 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 um, unless that's over. Oh yeah. I don't know if that's over. They didn't touch on that at all this week. True, true. That yeah, they didn't touch upon that, and they didn't. I feel like that is know. running a little, a little long for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, move that on. But then again, you're gonna have, I guess, CM Punk versus three people, and then what are you gonna do? Just like get Sting and Darby as your backup. I mean, that just kind of seems who those guys are, obviously, because that's what the Hardys are doing right now with them. Is like, oh, we need backup. Let's just grab Sting and and Darby. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I I think Andrade might be the only singles wrestler that's kind of available right now i'll i'll say one last thing about uh that's a heel i'll say one last thing about mgf real quickly it's like you know if you you saw him on mlw i think it'd be just so funny if they you know if if hammerstone and holiday come in there was like a wish.com version of mgf and his uh slogan is because he's greater than you and you think it It's like the the dollar store MJF guy. It's like a fake Diesel. It'd be kind of funny if they brought him in. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. It's 
It's like Johnny Hungy in and out in a suit or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, there was an actual guy though. The on M. Oh, there was. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's like an imitation M- MJF for some because he's greater than you and you think it. Uh, I guess for CM Punk, um, <laughs> Kenta is probably like the one everybody's waiting for, so we could get a GTS. GTS. Yeah. But then Sa- they might tie him back to isn't he? Um, who's his? Um, who is he directly tied to as a tag team partner? Is it Moxley? You're talking about Kenta Kobashi? Uh, Kenta from, from New Japan. Japan. New right. Japan. Yeah. Who's doesn't he have like a? Is it Daniel Bryan? Is that his like other? Mm-mm. He has like a. They had like a tag team, right? Didn't he? Who am I thinking of? Mm-mm. Who's the good looking guy with the emo haircut that does the the flippy dance? Uh, Kota. Kota. That's what I'm thinking of. Kota. That's who Kota. I was thinking of. That's baby. That's the one with Kenny. That's the one with Kenny. That's what I was thinking of. What's up, Kofi? Kofi Wheatstein. We live, baby. We live. But nice. I, I guess another, I guess you know Okada and then Kenny Omega when he gets back. Um, what I Malachi would be really fun though. It's just like a little bit of supernatural. It, I I would say CM Punk is probably the most real, one of the most real characters on there because he always like addresses real life situations and real life problems. And then Malachi, yeah. supernatural to the max, but he's like he makes supernatural like in a realistic what like gritty supernatural so he's he, he, the occult yeah. He, yeah hearing you say that matt reminds me of stone cold and the undertaker mm-hmm. you have the real guy the texas guy right and then the the occult and supernatural with the undertaker you know we could you know kind of see something uh, along those lines if possible right That'd be fun. You get a little bit of fantasy on the reality and a little bit of reality on the fantasy. I think they're both could get it's like a little bit of, of one flavor in here and another a little bit of the other flavor in there. It's a a new fusion. It's a fusion dish oh. <laughs> of wrestling. <laughs> it's Chicago and Dutch. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what that would I don't even know what that is. Pizza and uh I don't know what's a Dutch food, so a Danish. Not Danish. Hi. Yeah, Here we go. a Danish with pizza, the Chicago pizza on top. Oof, please, I love it. I'll actually. Yeah. All righty. So, uh, what what did you guys think about the Adam Cole Hangman situation? How's that storyline going for you guys? Uh, there. I mean, what was the, the main event? Wasn't even. It was. Uh, I, I'm looking through the. Oh yeah, the main event was uh, Jericho and uh, Daniel Garcia versus. Versus, um, I'm thinking. I'm sorry. I was. I, I, I thought the Jay Lee thing was main event. Um, it's it's over. Page one. I don't know why this is still moving on to that direction. Jay Lethal stepped in, took the match. Mm-hmm. Um, hello, Ivan. I was gonna surprise <laughs> you with my new hairdo, but you know. <laughs> so I I think that I don't like these rematch type deals. AEW doesn't really do that, where like the guy who loses the belt kind of or loses, you know, a title shot kind of gets to keep nagging on about it. Um, you know, with Paige, it took him like every six months, every year, once a year for three years, he got a title shot essentially. So, um, I mean, obviously Adam Cole took the belt and like had mm-hmm. it. And so, yeah, I, I don't know what they're, what they're doing with that. I like that they should keep Paige moving on to whoever yeah. would be next. That's what I, I, I like. I like a champion who just, you know, all comers, man. Yeah, exactly. Which is yeah. what I think they're developing. Um, so I don't know what's next 
unless it's going to be like, um, I know we already saw, was it the Young Bucks and Page team up against uh, Adam Cole and Red Dragon? That was the thing I think happened recently. So maybe Dark Order is going to turn on Page or something. It's, I, it's, I don't know. It's a lot of parts that are kind of like not moving for me. Like it's like a gear that's like not going like this. It's just kind of mm-hmm. stuck right here. Yeah, Chris, uh, you really touched on something that's like, you know, I noticed about, you know, it, it it's weird that they're doing this with Hangman instead cuz with Moxley when he was champion, usually after he defeats them the feud's over. Like why are yeah. they kind of having Adam Cole kind of hang around and just, you know, hey, 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 let me get another shot. Let me get a, you got you got any more of those uh title shots? Yeah. It's very, you yes. know, I'm going to say this. Whenever something resembles it, I'm going to say it. It's very Vince, you know, to have the, <laughs> have the challenger keep coming until he gets it's it. That's uh, good shit. And, it, I mean, obviously, psychology for a champion is that you always want the good guy to be chasing the belt. That's the story. But in this case, obviously, Hank Pan is the good guy. So, in that sense, just have him keep defending against different people. Have him just check off the list of the top ten. Um, yeah. So until this resolves with Adam Cole and then the Red Dragon thing with the Young Bucks and the Dark Order, and obviously the Dark Order had a program. Um, so versus Jericho and Garcia. So it's like maybe maybe, Adam. maybe Paige and Jericho might be in the future. I don't know. It's just rematch. It's a lot of it's like a lot of like dice on the ground, and I'm like picking up like random numbers of shit. I will say that CM Punk did make a gesture around his waist, mm-hmm. right? I kind of forgot know what about that. They didn't know yeah. what belts. At this point, it could be the FTW title. <laughs> yeah, it, mm-hmm. okay. it could be the, could be the uh, Jade Cargill. It could be next. the, the TBS yeah. title, yeah. right? That'll be interesting. That would, yeah, that would I, be talking. I know Scorpio sure. and CM Punk would have a great match, um, yeah. just not yet. And that, I only mean that because you don't want either one of them to lose just yet. You don't want Scorpio to lose the belt after a week. You don't want CM Punk to take a loss already. So I think that keep them separate for a little bit. And obviously I wouldn't be mad if Paige beat CM Punk just because I want people to respect him more. Mm-hmm. Um, that I mean, that might do it, but that I'll also get a lot of heat on him. So my backfire it might be the Roman Reigns effect or the John Cena effect which we're kind of in that territory with Paige right now. You know, the music comes on, people like it when he says shit, and that kind of seems about it. Don't you know? we all. So. <laughs> <laughs> you and, know, oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, man. Oh, yeah. You know, Chris, uh, I wouldn't actually put it put that out of the po- realm of possibility. Um, you know, the, the CM Punk facing Jade Cargill, like she did say she was a big fan of China. <laughs> I know it's really out there. It's crazy. It would get everybody talking though. And the other thing oh, is she, thank she's you for a, reminding me continue. I got, I got something. Yeah. She's a big fan of China. So that there is, it's a possibility. I would, I, I'd be like, Whoa, that's, that's out there. You know, yeah, be- there hasn't been any intergender. There's been intergender matches, but there hasn't been like we're not getting like Baron Corbin hitting end of days on Becky Lynch type shit um, that mm. I can remember. And goddamn, did I love that spot? That was fantastic. That made me jump out of my seat when I saw that, and that was <laughs> the last time anyone ever cheered for Baron Corbin. <laughs> I mean, we we look back. Chris Jericho's one of his first Intercontinental feuds was with China, and now Chris yeah, Jericho. They had a fucking legit match. Like they, yeah. I remember that she. I think they were beat him co- for the belt, didn't she? 
Yeah, there were co-intercontinental champions. They had to I share it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and Jericho, could, they could get Jericho. That was the Attitude Era. You know, that was the end of the Attitude Era where they were like, we got to keep, you know, turning the get turning the temperature up on this shit. So, I, I don't mean, know what the vibes are over at the, you know, T, TBS and TNT. They have they board could, meetings. Because the, they could get Jericho to agent the match because he has experience. He's the one. He was in that angle. They could get him to agent in it and know how to kind of present it in a certain way so you know you don't know yeah, what maybe. these veterans are like i i had no idea christopher daniels was the head of a talent was the vp of talent relations until what like recently i'm not, right. and like everything's starting to make sense i'm like oh that's why jay white showed up because christopher daniels faced jay white like two like three days before he showed up on AEW. so i'm like okay and what so, happened with that like uh we haven't heard heard or seen from Jay White and AEW for a he's few busy weeks and, and it, the storyline's over an impact, so he's facing mm. Chris Saban. So that's that's over there. There's a like Grills of Destiny or Good Guys. There's a big that's a that's in the New Japan world at the moment, and it could Man. it could fill over easily because the Bucks are part of it somewhat. I mean, Adam Cole said, "Once you're Bullet Club, you're Bullet Club for life," and Adam Cole showed his his loyalty. So it could be, I mean, they could either reject the Bucks or, you know, continue the, continue their membership either, or, mm. you know, good brothers are still cool with the Bucks. So yeah, you know, they got that faction has three tag teams. <laughs> if you, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys touched upon immediate rematches and the potential of that sort of thing happening. What did you guys think about Sammy Guevara and uh, the whole Scorpio Sky thing? Do you think there's going to be a, a rematch there? And no, should there it. be? They didn't mention it, it too much. Yeah. Um, they kind of seemed to have strayed away from that and moved right to the uh, American top team angle. Um, mm-hmm. And I've also realized that I've never really heard Sammy Guevara talk. He usually does the, the checkerboards. Um, I've heard him speak a little bit like with Jericho interviews and stuff. But yeah, like not on the uh, mic. Yeah, yeah, like he never actually gave like as far as I know like an actual like promo like this was. So that's kind of cool to see. He's a natural at it, which is crazy because he's super good at everything else. Uh, I like that they're addressing this on online online relationship, real life <laughs> relationship with him and Tay Conti. Um that's going to have to lead to a intergender tag match and then a singles match. We're going to have to get mm-hmm. Sammy and Tay versus Page and uh Ethan Page. I guess would be the other person because Austin, her husband, isn't a pro wrestler yet. Right. Um, and then you know, after that, then you're going to get Paige versus um, Tecate in a singles match, which I'm excited to see how good Paige Vincent is in the ring. Um, she's naturally talented. She, you know, cheerleader background evolved into professional kickbox to fighting. She wasn't that bad of a fighter. There, she was just in a ocean of killers you know oh, she yeah. had some highlight real knockouts but she ran into page or she ran into rose nami Eunice, you know and she's the best in the world mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean and then obviously tay has an mma background she's a black belt uh she has a dan in judo she has brazilian jiu-jitsu so if they play to that angle it could be a very good match i'm very excited to see how a little Paige bit of a work shoot a little bit of work. Yeah, it would, definitely, it would definitely be like early Pancrase where it was definitely like the, the old Inoki fights where it was like people were like, is this real? Is this pro wrestling? I don't know. 
Set up um, a, a set up an octagon like Hager and uh, Wardlow, right? Or like oh, Owen Hart and Ken Shamrock. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the the, the, the Lions <laughs> match from 1997, 98. Yeah, um, think, that'd be kind of cool. I guess this this is AEW. You could look at it as AEW's chance to get in on some of that the the whole um, Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler flavors. Like we've got our MMA girls, you got your MMA girls. Yeah, but our yeah, MMA yeah, girls, sure. we got a different flavor of MMA girl over here. Yeah, um, definitely, because Paige is not Ronda by any stretch. As good as Paige is, she's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much my opinion on that, on that angle. I think that the Scorpio Sky thing is he's going to move on. I don't know who's next unless it's CM Punk or whoever else wants to be in that division as a singles. Maybe Jungle Boy would be cool. Um, yeah. He's, I mean, obviously tied up with tag champs, so – Doors wide open on honestly who Page is gonna Adam Page versus whoever and then Scorpio versus I have no idea. Yeah, or maybe have something like uh, the open challenge come back, but I guess him being a heel champion might not lend itself to something like that. Right. Yeah. So, so there's that. Uh, um, but yeah. Well, let's see here. One thing I want to bring up. This is hilarious. Mm-hmm. I just I have to say this sentence. I'm gonna say this sentence. Did Vicky Guerrero hit Thunder Rosa with a go back to Mexico speech? <laughs> yes, did she that did. happen? I can't that, believe Oh, that, that happened. That is so funny. That is the funniest shit I'd ever heard. I I was like, she just did that. Yet she represents like Nyla Rose, who's Canadian. So it's like, you know, it's just funny. You know, I know Eddie grew up in Mexico, but lived in El Paso, I believe. I think Vicky also kind of had the same life. It's just <laughs> That's funny, but we're getting Thunder Rosa versus Nyla, I think, is the angle, and that's going to be kind of cool. I think Thunder Thunder takes that. I think she's going to hold the belt for a while. Um, that's pretty much my opinion about it. I hate Vicky Guerrero, but that's because she does her job so well. Jungle Boy sucks! Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's fine. I Probably. <laughs> I, I don't... She ended racism. She ended racism <laughs> with that speech. <laughs> yeah. That's... Yeah. That's a way to put it. I mean, I don't think I would be okay with saying that on live TV, right, Kofi? Would that be not not chill? That's, that's a bit touchy. I'll tell you what. It's like Chris. Yeah. It's like if you telling another white guy. Hey, careful what you're about to say. <laughs> Go back to Ireland. Yeah. Go back to Europe. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. Gosh. Yeah. I know. Um, that was a wild sentence. So I was just like, did that just happen? Um, and but how do you guys feel about Nyla Rose be going again for the title? There's no one else. Hmm. I mean, Serena Deeb's in the TV. She's in the TBS division, technically. Uh, the Layla Hirsch angle, which is confusing to me because I thought Velvet Rose was a heel, but then there, <laughs> and then there was an uh, there was an angle a couple weeks ago where like Layla Hirsch was saying that Chris Dantlander said some messed up stuff to her, which makes Chris Dantlander the bad guy. But then hmm. Layla Hirsch wrestles like a heel, so I'm like, right? It's who's just- the actual fucking heel? Like, isn't Velvet Rose or Velvet? Sky, what, what's your name? Velvet. Um, uh, Red Velvet. Red Velvet. Who's Velvet Sky? Yes. I don't want to uh, Impact, from what I remember. Yeah. Okay. She's so, a yeah. But didn't she do some heel shit a couple weeks ago? Where like she turned on somebody? I don't know. It. She kind of looked. She looked. I feel heel, like she, yes. she gave like a bad girl speech, and then so I I don't know what's going on with this weird triage angle here. I don't know who the bad guy is because I definitely think it's Layla Hirsch. Um, yeah, too. it should be. So, it, yeah. it it was. That's how it all this started. Right, and that's how it should stay, unless there's like a big swerve. Uh, so 
we but haven't no been given swerves, that. No one ever swerves into being a good guy. No one's ever like, <laughs> you, you know, I mean, with like, it's usually a slow process. Like they come to their senses over time to be the good guy where mm. when someone becomes the bad guy, it's at the drop of a hat. It's, you know, it's a chair shot to the back. It's a diamond ring to the face. It's um, a low blow where no one's ever like, Surprise! I'm gonna help the good guys out of nowhere. It's, it doesn't happen that you, way. So, Chris, arguably, huh. Eddie Kingston, you could kind of consider that Eddie Kingston over Moxley moment because Eddie Kingston was like feuding with Moxley before that kind of thing. So that's that's considered thoughts on the. Yeah, he, he didn't make like a drop of the hat decision like heels. Do. Yeah, there's, there's, there's always a past, usually a, ba- a a quick baby face turn is always due to like past events, but those past events could be like three years ago. Right. So that's, that to me is a, yeah. it's a working up to where it's not like with the bad guy, it's like, you didn't see it coming, but with a good guy thing, you like, you don't see it coming because it never happens. Um, I haven't asked a question. It was thoughts on Mox, William and Daniel, new faction name. No idea. I, is there a new faction Black- name they're talking about? I believe Black- it was the Blackpool uh, oh. country. Country club? No, the country. That's not it. it. (laughs) Um, The Blackpool. That's probably what Jim Cornette. The big black car. No, no wait, no, no, that's not it either. No, that's a Cody thing. Um, Yeah, Yeah, that's what Jim Cornette would call it, though. The Blackpool Country Club. (laughs) I, I mean, considering only one person in that group is from Blackpool, I don't dig it very much. Yeah, not at all. It's you know you got a guy from Washington and the other one from Cincinnati. It's not and doesn't then go. Where, wherever Wheeler Utah might be from. Um, AW Fight Club, you know, maybe something though. I think yeah, yeah. Like Blackpool is like not a bad name if it was like. Mm-hmm. Um, who are the other two guys that used to be in Imperium that were from Birch and Danny Birch, and then there was another year, another year, uh, English guy that would be cool. That would be a cool name for like a like a English team, but not when you have like three Americans and like a dude from the UK. Do you um, guys think uh, Wheeler Yuta is going to be in it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he, he yeah. seems they got to give him a little bit more flavor. You know, there's only so much you could do. They're going to put a mean streak on him because he's a jobber. He's like one of the only jobbers that's ever on Dynamite. Mm. New coat of paint too. They got to give him a new coat of paint. Yeah, he actually talked. You know, like yeah. he said words. He just, I've never heard him speak at all. Until last night, um, where he said something to um, uh, Trent Trent Seven. I think they'll build up this (laughs) faction to be... I think this is the best tag team to go against Kenny Omega. Blackpool Combat Club. Is that that what they said? For me, yeah. For for me... I I don't hate that. That's fine. It's a lot of syllables. Whatever. So for me, I, I think this would be good for the perfect tag team for the, the Golden Lovers to face, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, it's like, it was like like Benoit and, and Jericho versus Power Trip. I'm getting very strong Power Trip vibes from this. Oh, definitely. Was, was Power Trip, was that Adam? Triple Bob? H and Stone Cold. Oh, wait. No, I'm thinking of who, Wrath. He's, he's thinking about the band. Oh, <laughs> I'm thinking of that shitty WWE tag, the WCW tag team that had um, Adam Bomb. He became Wrath, and then the other guy. <laughs> I gotta find out what that was called. It, yeah, the, it was the the, the two man power trip, from what I remember. Yeah, two man power trip versus 
versus the Golden Lovers, Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega. This because you know Moxley and Kenny have their history, and then Kenny could be the baby face, and Moxley could be the heel, and everybody will be like, you know, it'll be a pretty good four way tag because I don't think they've gone up against like heels this vicious because they're they're throwing they're feeding baby face tag teams to them like like delicious What's up with that yeah like delicious meals you know that we'll be saying what's up with that yo okay ivan just told me how to do that and i think that was a mistake in his part because now i'm gonna go crazy with it yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean what wait what were we talking about again wheeler you know no. Yeah, joining the yes. Blackpool combat. Yeah, I, I, I like, I can dig it. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we need someone that the the faces are going to end up beating up so they can get to Mox and Danielson, you know, something like that. And uh, and and honestly, for Wheeler Wheeler Yuta, I don't know. For me, I think he didn't fit best friends that well. That's just my opinion. Uh, I think that he's better off doing something like this, you know. Uh, maybe we could, like you say, get a mean streak going and, you know, more aggression, ruthless. And, and, and to be honest, best aggression. friends is not only getting a little too big, but a little too, like, who's Random. in the group, who's hanging out. You know, obviously, we got Downazin. Um, so replace Downazin in Wheeler Yuta out, kind of keep it cohesive. Chris Dantlander kind of still is in best friends. So it's, you know, it's a very loose, like, uh, freaks and geeks kind of faction. It's kind of like the oddities. It's like who's around, who's kind of weird. They can kind of hang out with the uh, with the best friends. Yeah, makes sense. And so if we do Yuta for him to be serious, he definitely has to separate himself from what is definitely a, I'd say, comedy gimmick. At least it's a good time faction, I guess. All right. Any final thoughts on the episode of AEW Dynamite? Any any uh, overall thoughts? Um, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the Sting thing. Um, oh. Sting is the only wrestler I can think of off the top of my head who is a mega legend, mega star, super legend, who has done it all. He's done everything there ever is to do. Besides, you know, like winning WrestleMania, shit like that, whatever. Um, who goes from being a triple a level famous megastar who is now in this new part of his career after 20 years of never being of not going in the ring mm. i think that triple h match before he was in AEW might have been his last match and that was like what was it like 2007 some shit like that um who has now become an indie darling he's living this whole new life like he has like he's like he's 20 his spot last week was wild. I watched that from the fan angle. Someone had their cell phone camera out and got it from the balcony jumping down. That was even crazier than the top-down angle. I was like, holy shit, that dude's 70. Starting off that match last night, according, off the top rope to the outside spot. He's never done anything like that that I can think of off the top of my head. This is cr- 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 crazy. That Sting's like, oh, it's Sting going to get back in the ring. He's got a bad neck. He's got a bad back. He's old. To doing... Jeff Hardy spots, which Jeff Hardy spot on the ladder off the balcony in the terrace. Holy shit to that. He only hit like, <laughs> yes. 30, he hit like 30% of that on target. Jeff Hardy is cannot be killed by conventional weapons. And I, Sting has got this weird second life that I'm adoring right now because he is just living his best life 
in this in this company just everything he has left he's given to the fans and it's crazy to see um i have no thoughts on cody signing with wwe i definitely think he's gonna fight uh wrestle seth rollins wrestlemania and no one's gonna care there you go sorry that was a question i haven't dropped yeah oh yeah uh let's see i can see is here actually those are my thoughts on sting man like i just he's pushing the limits and that fucking darby allen spot why did that have to happen a power bomb (laughs) like monkey flip down the staircase come on man like ah whatever it's fine it wasn't as bad as putting him in the in the body bag and throwing him down all of the stairs but like fucking hell bro like it's like how, you know, you, you gotta feel that he's he's got to wake up with uh, some pain oh, here and gonna, there. He's gonna have a fucking oxygen addiction before he's thirty for sure. I know, I know. I want my 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 dream match is Kenny versus Sting, and I've been kind of like praying for that one since even before both Sting and Kenny were signed to AEW. That's like, like I said, that would be the match to bring get me back into wrestling. But just because I hoped for it when AEW was announced, and you know, now not only is it possible, it seems inevitable at this point in time. Right. So you know, that's that's my thoughts on Sting and all. I get to see my the match of my dreams. I I, I don't if wrestling disappeared from the planet Earth, which of course will never you know happen. If if it just if if it disappeared from the planet Earth after the Sting versus uh Sting versus Kenny Omega match. I wouldn't be that upset if, if it happened like <laughs> a minute after like wrestling just poof and disappeared a yeah. minute after that match was um, over. Sting I, looked very spry. He was hitting those stinger splashes, you know, on the inside, on the outside, up against the barricade. I think that Kenny would have to slow down a little bit, obviously, to carry that match and tell that story. But that could be a match that I think both of them can kind of meet in the middle and would – be pretty have, decent. It wouldn't be Kenny's have, best, but it might be Sting's. Have we seen Sting in a one-on-one match so far in AEW? Only tag, a regular tag match. Only a regular. Yeah, tag he's in group efforts, which I mean, I think a lot of that is it buys him time to, you know, let's say his cardio may not be great, or maybe his mm-hmm. injuries just need to be a little bit more careful with. I think that helps kind of buy him that time, where you know he can powder out, he can relax, he can come in, save the three count, you know, which is what he's been doing a lot is kind of just saving Darby's ass a little bit and vice versa. So um, I, I like it. I like that. He's just, he's risking it all. Cause you know, he's only got like probably two years left, honestly, as far as like jumping off of shit, like he's new Jack, which yeah. is the sentence <laughs> of the century. Uh, yeah. For me personally, it's like a lot of people. I remember had a lot of questions, especially, uh, coming into AW and, and when his first match was announced, like, will he be okay? Is is this too risky and stuff like that? But he's been, like you say, he's been super impressive uh, with what he's been able to do in the ring. And and honestly, I can't think of another wrestler that has had such a resurgence in at this late of a career. You know, I, I yeah. don't think uh, Hogan like, had that or or anybody else. I mean, I could I could definitely highlight matches. Hogan versus The Rock is Hogan's best match of all time. And a lot of that was The Rock, but a lot of that was definitely Hogan. Obviously, Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels, I'm sorry, I love you match. Ric Flair's best match of all time, in my opinion. And also up there was mm-hmm. one of Shawn's greatest matches. Um, things that Edge is doing now is pretty great. 
Um, obviously, Edge is a lot younger than both of those guys were on their returns. I think. I don't know. Um, um, oh, wait. Hold on. Mr. Ivan C. had a question. Should they have Darby and Sting versus the Hardys before Dole or nothing? They should have it at their... I don't know. Mixed. Mixed. Because Darby, you know, you see it on Darby's face. The fanboy is not being hidden with him. When Jeff Hardy hmm. came out last week or whatever week that was where he came in for the save, I loved the look on Darby's face. It was just... I think I, I'd prefer a one-on-one Jeff versus Darby. That'd be more kind of... Do you uh, want the first AEW death, bro? They're going to... They'll keep it within <laughs> within human means. Maybe they should do some more grappling. Maybe surprise everybody. You know, rather than high-flying, because Darby could grapple and Jeff can grapple. You know, they could do, yeah. they could they could roll. You know, they, I, they got experience. What Ivan brought up, I was thinking about that a little bit with Terry Funk. Um, but yeah, Terry Funk kind of always sort of was a grimy hardcore guy and he wasn't a mega mega star, although he was a huge star in the territories. Sting is up there with Hogan as far as like icons go. Obviously no one's Hogan. Um, but this would definitely be like, like Hogan coming back and just like doing the same shit. Like Hogan's biggest bump, I think was off the cage in like 1987 and it was not even off the cage. It was like the second row. Mm. And I think it was like a Macho Man suplex number or something. I saw footage of it on like somewhere. I was like, oh shit. I didn't know Hogan took a bump like that. Um, yeah, I mean, this is to me, I'm a fan. It's cool. I like to see, I, I don't know what's next for Sting, but I'm totally into it. All right. Uh, Facebook user AEW versus the, the AEW DDT partnership. That, that might be Leo. I don't know. If you're on Facebook, we don't get to see your name. So if you want to ask your question and then tag your name, if you don't want to be anonymous, we'd love to know who you are because we are fans of our fans. You know, absolutely. I, I watched uh, only just last night. I watched the Tokyo Joshi pay per view, and there was definitely a lot of AEW references. Hikaru Shida faced this girl named Hikari Noah, and um, it, she it was like a it was like a master and student type of match, and she could come in for for. Hikari Noah didn't seem like she she was taking the loss in a sportsmanship way, so she could come in and help Serena Deeb at any time. And you know, I know I was kind of telling you guys about this this girl. Her name is uh, Hyper Masao. She's sort of like you know what what's her name, the superhero girl in WWE, um, Nikki Ash. Nikki Ash. She's like you could say she's like the Nikki Ash of uh, of DDT. Oh, I see her now. She's yeah. She looks like the Hurricane. Yeah, and Hurricane actually like retweeted oh, her. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Uh, where is it? Up with that. Exactly. <laughs> ah. exactly. So the funny thing about uh, Hyper Masao is that last, like the at the pay per view, one of her heroes, this old Japanese wrestler dude with a beard, came to the ring dressed as her, but not wearing her outfit, but like he painted his body like hers. Okay, <laughs> that's hot. Yeah, so we could have like ridiculous, awesome stuff like that happening at like any second, you know. Mm-hmm. Like out- outrageous things, though. I know you guys aren't too familiar with with uh, DDT. It's definitely worth a watch. All the idea for Stadium Stampede, like matches like Stadium Stampede, are inspired by you know the kind of things that go on in DDT. You know, so it you know it's got its comedy section, but it has a great like serious section. You know. I don't know. Whatever thoughts, if if you don't even don't have that much to say about it. 
Well, as for me, you know, any any collaborations, I, I'm 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 all about forbidden doors sort of stuff. Um, it it opens the door for me at least as a American centric fan, I guess, um, to really you know kind of check out what else is out there. I, I names like you know, uh, well, I can think of so many others like that have come across AEW that now I'm like, oh, that's that's that person that's, and that person is in that federation. Up. Yeah, who's dark? Who Danny? Our boy Danny Limelight even shouts him out constantly. Yeah, you know? of course. So. And uh, you know, like Maki Ito, right? You know, uh, now I know. Right there, you go, and right, so all that good stuff. Um, you know, so many people that have come across. So when it comes to collaboration, I'm all for it, man. Definitely, Chris. Uh, I don't have much time to watch a lot of Japanese wrestling right now. So I only watch highlights and what you talk about on the show. Um, not that I don't want to. I love watching Wrestle Kingdom. I'll watch major, you know, WrestleMania-esque hyper pay-per-views. Um, but as far as, like, what's going on over there, I only know because it's coming through the doors. The, the I guess the music video, uh, you know those music video match compilation thingies, you know? I think yeah, those I are- watch, like, when you bring up somebody, like with Maki Ito, when I wasn't familiar, I watched, like, highlight reels. And yeah, stuff like that's that. That's the best and, way nowadays. Yeah. You know, music. Like I just watched 15 videos. minutes of the um the Meltzer driver. <laughs> like, <laughs> I literally was like, how many different ways can they do this? I was like, oh Jesus! There Chris, is like- what do you think of of uh, maybe putting a, a highlight video to some Fate Destroyed music? Hey, I like that. Um, I mean, we have a tour package video put out for the song "Let's Crash," which is on YouTube right now. Fate Destroyed on YouTube. It's official. YouTube channel now, so there is a tour package video. Um, so that kind of exists already. And our new single, Mutation, drops April 15th. It kicks off our exorcism tour with Living Dead Girl running April, I think official first date is the 12th in Denver and ends on the 30th, opening for the convalescence. So shameless promotion. No, not that's great. And, and it kind of opens a question for me. Because for you and I've done, I've dabbled a little bit with going on the road, sort of thing. But you're doing it in a high, in much grander level. Where it for you now going through this, how would you compare that? Or f- as far as like a wrestler, how would they do things going down the road? Or like, do you do you see any similarities that they might go through? I don't think an indie wrestler will have 30 matches in 30 days at 30 different venues. Mm. Injury, body. Yeah, I'm very certain that that's not particularly a thing. Although, you know, with WWE and bigger promotions, they are constantly on the road for years on end. So that's definitely a different animal. Mm. Um, so I don't know what comparisons there are other than you just have to be on top of your schedule and you're driving and you're sleeping and just being somewhere on time and making sure you get paid. Eating um, bird seed. <laughs> bird seed? What the fuck? I'm vegan. I'm not a chicken. Sa- oh, wait. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was going to say um, chicken sandwiches, but yeah. No. You, you, or sunflower. There's, there's alternatives. I got things figured yeah. out. Shooting them and throwing them out the window to keep you awake. I don't know. I saw that. In no, I, I get coffee at um, Love's every night after a show. Mm. Coffee keeps mm. me up for like six hours straight, which is why I drink before I go to work, which is happening very soon. Um, yes. But yeah, I mean, that's I, I can't compare the two as far as like 
on the indie level, I'm sure it's not, you know, it's probably fun, but I don't think the travel schedule is as hectic as a touring band. And then I don't think that uh, the touring band schedule is as hectic as a major star running 365 days a year. Hmm. Cool. Cool. Awesome, man. All righty. Well, any, any more thoughts on AW wrestling going on right now? Any other, any other thoughts guys? I got the list of what happened last night. I don't really think there's anything else much like uh, the tag titles. Jurassic Express has those. I definitely think that the gun club is getting those next. Mm. Um, I even brought up the Hardy Boys versus Jungle Express. I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Uh, we're not going to have face versus face until the whole. Uh, I mean, they're in, they're obviously involved in different angles right now. Hardys are still dealing with uh, Private Party. Darby Allen and Sting are still dealing with whatever they're dealing with. The Gun Club is dealing with, uh, I guess, Jungle Express, which is weird that they had this Moxley match because that wasn't resolved. So yeah, pretty much it was a it was like you said it was a passing episode. Not a lot moved forward in way of storyline, and we still have a lot of questions left to be answered. Yes, sir, Matt. It, overall, you know, uh, there were some segments on the show I wasn't a hundred percent for. But like I, w- I wasn't the most crazy about, you know, I just kind of forwarded. I didn't hate them, but I, you know, I could go without them. But mm. for the most part, I'd probably give the episode, you know, maybe like a six point six point eight out of out of ten or maybe a seven. I'd say a pretty solid C plus, in my opinion, C average mm-hmm. at best. Nothing was bad. They fit a lot of content in. Yeah, That's, there was a lot of content. Not a lot of it. None of it really dragged. It was. Just a showcase, pretty much. It wasn't like, like I said, there was very few chapter turns or page turns on this one. So, yeah. Well, I look forward to seeing what's next. And of course, thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, from Mr. MGC, from Mr. Chris Kennedy, and from yes, yours truly, Mr. Mike Lopez. Uh, I just want to thank everybody that came by. Undisputed, the unrivaled. Living ten billion miles away from the sun, I'm making it. The, I'm making it the sun instead of uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Well, we are literally ninety-three million miles away, exact from the sun. So yes, yeah. yes. Uh, any closer, and then we would need, uh, you know, sunscreen and all. SPF five million. To quote yeah. Oh yes. This to quote Sarah Connor from Terminator Two. Money. Mike Lopez, I have to do that for just you know. Oh, I appreciate honor, it, sir. In honor of our friend, who's you know, he went to that place up there, North Hollywood. Wait, what? Oh, <laughs> North Hollywood. What? What's happening? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, any anything you guys want to plug? I know Chris has uh, Fate Destroyed I, I, coming up. Big things going on there. Her. Absolutely, Chris. I mean, uh, MGC. Anything going on? What's going on in MGC world right now? Oh, yeah, the Pantheon. And you can follow me on Instagram, the God Music underscore MGC. You know, stay updated. I'm I'm talking about, like, I'm watching American Song Contest, and that's pretty cool. It's like U- the USA's answer to Eurovision. So un- not too related to wrestling, but, hey, that's uh, it's interesting. I didn't think we'd ever have, like, an American Eurovision. So it's it's i'm really surprised at the mix of major uh international recording artists and people that play to like three people in a dive bar at the same time <laughs> on the same, they're on the same bill michael bolton yeah. and, and an unknown guy 
me, you know, Cisco. Yeah, exactly. It's everybody, you know, so it's definitely something you gotta check. It's every genre too. Hmm. So a metal band's won Eurovision before. So like every, yeah, metal is huge in Europe. It like, I know that the billboard, let's say the top five billboard in Europe could be like Taylor Swift, Meshuggah, Britney Spears, Cradle of Filth. Like it's pretty balanced as far as like, it's not pop centric or in my opinion, kind of rigged for the pop world out there. So mm. that's, there's a band that I think won Eurovision. I forget what they're called, but they do like a war game. Lordy. 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 Fucking Lordy. That's it. Nailed it. With, with <laughs> Hard Rock Hallelujah. They won yeah, Eurovision. Yeah, that's it. They fucking won like an American Idol as a I mean, black metal band with fucking masks. Holy crap. Yeah. The more recent winner of Eurovision is uh, Maniskin. They're called, they're an Italian hard rock band, and they won the the Eurovision 2020 or 2019. It was one yeah. of the two. And Lordy now they're on Eurovision. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm surprised I knew that, and thank you for telling me the name because I could not think mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. And and it's a pretty interesting mix of people. You know, they got Cisco, Macy Gray, Crystal Method. Um, uh, Jewel and then Michael Bolton. Those are like the major international names. And then everybody else is just, you know, relatively unknown at the same time. You have like people playing that play dive bars representing their home states. You know, like I forgot the, the California's representative. I've never heard of them. So it's, it's, it's a pretty fun one. So I'll just leave you guys with that. <laughs> cool, cool, man. Awesome episode, guys. Thank you guys for watching. Subscribe. Hit the bell, all that great stuff. Yes, absolutely. You know you want to. So catch you guys on the next one. Stay safe. Stay healthy. See you then. I love Virgil's. Black Cherry Virgil's is the best. Oh, yeah. Good night.